It's Free Talk Live, and you can join us here if you want. Live Saturday show with you in the studio tonight. You've got Ian and the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass is here. The number, if you want to join us, is 603-283-6160.603-283-6160. Of course, the point of the show here is it's open phones every single night. We do it live seven nights a week, seven to ten at night Eastern Time. You can do it live with us, too. Indeed. Uh, That's why we open up the phones, and uh, you can join us there. You can join us online anytime you want over at freetalklive.com. Grab archives and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners and some of the hosts on our social media and our chat rooms and all that stuff. It's all over there at freetalklive.com. There's a lot, of course, to talk about tonight, but... I saw these headlines that you you brought one of these headlines in, Captain, about the Holocaust Museum. And just tell me what are what are they doing? At I the have Holocaust to I have Museum? to lead with I hate Illinois Nazis. Mm. For those of you who are Blues Brothers fans, you'll you'll get that one okay. straight up straight away. But uh, there is a Holocaust Museum in in Chicago, and apparently, the Holocaust Museum is requiring not only staff and folks who work there, but people who want to visit the museum to show proof of vaccination and mask all the way down to two years of age. Wow. Wow. <laughs> the, the Holocaust Museum. I mean... You would think they would be more likely than the average person to kind of recognize some of the signs of potential I, slide towards genocide. Uh, you, you know, or at least uh, segregation, persecution... You know that kind of a thing. Yeah, there's uh, there are you know stages towards genocide, and and some people disagree as to whether there's eight stages or ten stages. Depending on which website you go to, you'll see a different set of stages. Yeah. Uh, but there's there are people out there in the world that will tell you that what's going on right now, depending on where you are. I mean, different parts oh, of the yeah. world are further along this list than others, but. Every part of the world, for the most part, that has been doing this COVID crackdown stuff, they're taking the steps. I think I've seen three, maybe two, mm, I don't remember how many, it's at least two uh, different, we'll say, uh, you know, survivors. Uh, of, of the actual the, Holocaust, yeah, you mean? You know, who, who have said and come out and said, y'all better take a look at what's going on because... Mm-hmm. This is, you know, sort of what went on back then. The world has seen this before, and the world and it's seen it before the Holocaust, right? Like, there's yeah. this kind of stuff's been going on for a long time. Yeah. Well, we learn from the past that people seldom learn from the past. Yeah. Apparently, that's true. Oh but- no, see, it's different this time. And I imagine that's what the Holocaust Museum is saying, right? Like, oh, I'm sure people have brought this up to them and said, no, what, what, what do you do? What are you doing? And they said, well, well, this is about keeping people safe. See, it's different. <sighs> I mean, we're not killing people yet. What are they going to do next? Like, you know, oh, no Jews allowed in the Holocaust Museum, right? Well, you no, know? of course, they're not going to go that far. <laughs> Unless they show that Jews are more likely to carry the virus or something. I, I don't even have an article about this. This is straight from the website itself. Okay. The ilholocaustmuseum.org. And it says, COVID safety protocols. To ensure Illinois Holocaust Museum is as safe as possible for visitors, volunteers, and staff. The museum will require all guests ages 5 plus to show proof of full COVID-19 vaccination to enter the building as of January 5th, 2022. Mm. Now, note that that said 5 plus. Right. right? Just keep that in mind. 
the very next sentence says masks parentheses ages two plus parentheses and online tickets continue to be required for all visitors Hmm. so which is it illinois holocaust museum two or five it doesn't matter it's just (laughs) awful either way you slice it proof can include a physical vaccine card photocopy of a card digital record or app on your phone a printed record from a vaccine provider visitors age 16 plus must also show photo identification that matches the proof of covid19 vaccination and of course we know by now that and it i guess it bears repeating for people just tuning in uh that the vaccination doesn't actually prevent covid <laughs> it doesn't prevent you from getting covid no we know the masks don't prevent you from getting COVID. Certainly like not. Says right there on the packaging. Nor do the they masks. prevent the spread. Right. So this is all about obedience. And again, it's just it's so disappointing that the people who should know better. But then again, how many how many people who survived the Holocaust are actually like on the board of directors of this museum? I mean, most of those people are dead by now. So this I, is the uh, next generation. It's the like you would think that the people working there who are. Walking around all day, surrounded by all of the things, <laughs> you know, would have some sort of like, hey, wait a minute, you know, an epiphany, a light bulb might go off in their head. Yeah, no. what are we doing? You know, I'll see. It can never happen here. The Nazis. Oh, it's couldn't already happen. happening. No, the Nazis couldn't happen. This isn't about hate. This is about taking care of people. Oh, it's about you said it earlier. It's about obedience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Vaccine exceptions apply for students 18 or under that are attending a school field trip. Teachers Hmm. and school chaperones are not exempt from the vaccine requirement. (laughs) (laughs) How does that make any sense? Right. None of this makes sense. It's all completely arbitrary. And I'm laughing because I can't believe that I'm reading this. Well, that's the only way you can process absurdity. I mean, once absurdity is, is so blatant... You have to laugh at it, otherwise like, you will be depressed and you'll want to kill yourself. I had to double check and make sure that this wasn't like, you know, a parody website or some the sort Onion of a Babylon or Bee yeah. or, yeah, one of you those know, to, kind of things. To be fair, the Babylon Bee has has taken the throne from the Onion at this point. Oh, I think so, yeah. 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 I, I mean, I, I think that, that line was crossed probably within the last couple of years. The Onion has gotten... It's just gotten too one-sided. Yeah. Like the, the onion used to hit all sides. They yeah. they back in the day, and the onion's been around for decades. But it started in Wisconsin, didn't it? I don't know. I feel like fact. it started in Madison or something like that. It but, may have. But it, like it was a college town, some college town. And anyway, uh, it used to just hit all sides with just the most biting satire. <laughs> and yeah. now it's just got kind of this lefty feel, and the and it's gotten lame. Like the. I used to, I still subscribe to their weekly emails, just kind of little summaries with yeah. the headlines. And I used to get like at least a couple good laughs out of just reading the headlines. Right. I don't get them anymore. Yeah, I uh, haven't subscribed to them in quite some time either. I don't know yeah. if maybe I changed. You know, when I changed the email providers, they fell off, or m- maybe you're not I just, missing anything. Maybe I just unsubscribed because they weren't funny. Yeah, I've I've actually considered unsubscribing. It's just one of those. Like normally, I don't care. Right? Like I'll unsubscribe to anything coming into my email. But this is the one thing I've got such a history with the Onion. It's like yeah. I don't really like. What if they start getting good again? Well, uh, they were early so on bad. too. You know what I mean? I remember early internet days. The Onion came into my view anyway, and you know from there they just sort of progressed forward. And they're like. 
I don't know, man, maybe the last five or ten years or so. It was when they got bought by, I don't know if it was Univision or there's this, I think it's Univision, the company that owns, I think they own Gawker, they own uh, Jalopnik, they own a bunch of these things, like uh, the video game site that I forget, I'm forgetting right now. But if you go look at the bottom of the onion, they show their other sites. Yeah. And they're all these kind of leftist-tinged uh, blog sites or news sites. Yeah, I used to read io9 for the uh, science fiction, television, and movies stuff. And, oh, my gosh. It is yeah. it is so just lefty propaganda. Now, yeah, they talk about the shows. But within even the writing of their articles about the shows or the movies, it is just like super lefty. Plus, how do you do satire now? When the real world has become so ridiculous, and that's what you're saying, that's why we ended up talking about the Onion here, is you you, you were had to double check yourself to yeah. see if this was actually a real story about the Holocaust Museum requiring various different vaccine and mask mandates and such in order to get in. And I think that's why the Babylon Bee people came up with the Not the Bee uh, site. They've got a whole website right. or, or newsletter or something where they they publish real stories that could be in their satire publication but they're actually real like how do you keep going with satire when the real world is so ridiculous yeah, stranger than fiction yeah. right uh, accommodations for mask and vaccine policies must be requested in advance and are subject to museum discretion mm. uh, fully vaccinated is defined as two weeks after a second dose in a two-dose series with an approved COVID-19 vaccine such as Pfizer or Moderna or two weeks after a single-dose series with an approved COVID vaccine such as Johnson & Johnson. There's a little yeah, bit more. Here. I'll pass on that. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. There's plenty of information online about the yeah. Holocaust. You know, if you want to learn about it, go dig around. You'll find out whatever you need to know. Uh, you don't need to go and obey these people's rules to go look at, you know, whatever they got. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here if you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Where we're also raising funds for Give Directly. It's the first nonprofit that allows you to give money directly to people living in extreme poverty. They locate recipients who are in need. And right now we're raising funds for people in Bamet and Kalifi counties in Kenya. And they use mobile money to send them cash with no strings attached. And in the last decade, they've delivered over $400 million to over a million people who really need some help. And research shows that giving cash to people living in poverty can help drive a range of important positive changes in their lives, like employment, nutrition, health, and education. Plus, cash allows individuals to invest in what they need instead of relying on aid organizations and donors thousands of miles away to choose for them. So if that's what you agree with, then we are going to back on it. Uh, Free Talk Live is matching donations up to $30,000 in total. So if you want to help out, head over to give.freetalklive.com. That's give. And you can totally rest assured that there's no bureaucracy taking a hefty chunk off the top. That's right. That's yeah. the point of They're this thing. Actually, very efficient. Uh, over it, I believe, ninety percent. Yeah, goes towards the beneficiaries there. Uh, so we're going to get into a story here in a little bit about a government boondoggle, <laughs> which has put the city of St. Louis gang into a bit of a pickle. 
paradox. Uh, yeah, we're going to get into that coming up here. But, uh, j- you know, since we brought it up, we were talking about the Illinois Holocaust Museum now requiring vaccination passports or cards or whatever. And uh, it's, it's as ironic as people showing their vaccine cards and being masked to go see the new Matrix movie. That's so sad. But there, there are people, I'm sure, doing that somewhere. Oh, yes, there are. Luckily, that's not a requirement here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire, where I went to see it in the theater a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, uh, The Matrix is real, and The Matrix has you, right? So, uh, but, it, but I wanted to get into, since we brought it up, the genocide thing. You know, we said, hey, the people at the Holocaust Museum ought to be able to recognize the signs of the stages of genocide being put into play. Yeah. And now, instead of recognizing it and calling it out, they're becoming a part of it. And they're not doing it because, I presume, well, do we know where? Is it Chicago or somewhere else where this museum is located? I I think Chicago did just mandate vaccine passports, but I I suspect they did this on their own volition. Um, But that is an interesting maybe detail to this story because I believe the mayor of Chicago did announce vaccines would be required for indoor activities i don't know when that uh, goes into effect but that might be one little twist but regardless you would still think that even if the government was mandating it that the holocaust museum would still refuse to, like shouldn't they refuse to go along put their feet in the mud so to speak and say no we've seen this before we're not going to enable this it's apparently in skokie illinois uh, so it's outside of chicago yeah. so then no there is no government mandate in that case right All right, so the eight stages of genocide, and some websites say it's ten stages. This is actually coming from right here in our very own Keene, New Hampshire, where they have uh, an academic Holocaust, I think, division or museum or something like that here on the the college campus. There's like a whole section of the campus devoted to this. Keg stand? Yeah, that's right. Keene State College. Huh. Uh, So I'm not going to go through the whole description here, but just generally the eight different stages. Number one is classification. So you have to distinguish people, they say here, into us and them. You are anti-vax. Yes. You are anti-vax, and therefore you are evil. You are responsible for spreading the virus, and you are responsible for me getting the COVID even though I'm vaccinated, etc., and so on. Anti-vax is the term that they're using even to now describe people who are against forced vaccinations, but even may have chosen to get the vaccination. I know people who have elected to get the vaccine and who oppose it being mandated or forced on people in any way, shape, or form. And those people are being called anti-vaxxers. I even know somebody who's in the medical profession, a nurse at a hospital, who's like, you know what? I got it, but like you shouldn't I, have to. N- no, nobody should be forced to get this thing. And that ties right into number two, which is symbolization, where we give names or other symbols to classifications like Jews or gypsies or anti-vaxxers yeah. uh, in this particular case. Number three, dehumanization, and this is a, a this is a step that we're pretty deep into already at this point. Over yeah. the last, especially over the last year, we've seen a ramping up online of people really just talking about how they hate people who are unvaccinated. I wish they would die. Yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. That started early on. Yeah. And since then, there have been posts like, I'm sick and tired of being nice to these people. They just need to get rounded up and blah, blah, blah. Just all kinds of just crazy talk out there about how this group of people, the unvaccinated or the quote unquote anti-vaxxers, need to be punished for their refusal to just 
go along to get along, yeah, to just obey. Before COVID-19, the terminology entered our vocabulary as a, as a globe, I guess. The term anti-vaxxer meant something different. Like, the definition has changed over the last couple of years. Sure. An anti-vaxxer would have been someone who is against all vaccines. Right. Whereas now, anybody who's, you know, even if you're just against uh, the COVID va- or the forcing of the COVID vaccine, you're being labeled an anti-vaxxer. You're being lumped in with people who right. fit the old definition. Even so, if you might have, you know, you might support the measles vaccine or, yeah. you know, whatever other ones. Right. Measles, mumps, rubella, that you know, stuff. all that, yeah. that kind of crap. Uh, you know, the and, you know, there's something to be said about how many of those kids are getting and that kind of a thing. You know, But make your own decisions on that, of course, just as you should be able to do with COVID-19. Everybody should be yeah. able to make their own decision. A pro-choicer is now an anti-vaxxer. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's... Because you're either with us or against us, Captain. That's something that I, I don't... There's not really a term for it that I'm aware of. If there is, please give us a call. But it's it's when government sort of co-ops a thing and creates new language around Governments it. Governments are all about that. I know. I, I really hate that. Yeah. And there should be a term for that when governments do this. Because that is what has happened. Now, legalify. <laughs> they, yeah, they take words and they redefine them. Statify, mm-hmm, I, you yeah, know, tyrantify. I don't know. Number four, or, organization genocide is always organized, usually by the state. Uh, special army units are armed and trained. Now, you know, we're not seeing people going out and being hunted down and killed at this stage in the game, but we are in places like Australia seeing people being rounded up by the military, by the Australian Defense Force, and taken physically to a place against their will. Yep. So that's happening. Oh, and there's also been vaccination sites manned by nothing but military personnel. They just put the tennis star uh, Djokovic, or whatever his name is, in a facility, a yep. detention facility, uh, for this weekend, and but presumably I mean, longer. Outside of Australia, like in the U.S., they've had vaccine sites where if you wanted to go and get a vaccine, you could go, and it was administered by military personnel, like in fatigues, with guns, you know, that kind of a thing. It should also be mentioned that travel restrictions are in place, right? In uh, Canada, you can't leave, basically, uh, if you you can't get a train ride or an airplane ride. If you are unvaccinated in the United States, you have to put a mask on. Uh, And in other places of the world, in some cases, you can't even come in. Yeah. And then they force you into a quarantine camp. The number is 603-283-6160. We'll uh, skim through the rest of these here because, you know, we're not through the whole, all of the stages at this point, but the stages are pretty crystal clear and they are being repeated. History is repeating itself. You either pay attention or else. 603-283-6160. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com
It's Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want here, the live Saturday edition of the show for you, number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Do you want to say thank you to Dan Harges, who is a silver level member of our AMPS program. You can join AMPS over at amps.freetalklive.com. That takes you right over to our Patreon, and thank you to the now over 70 people who have signed up for AMPS, so definitely appreciate the support. It helps us advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live, and Dan is a silver level, which means he's doing at least five bucks a month. So I hate the term build back better, but we certainly are doing that. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Uh, and you get some cool perks, too, so check it out over at amps.freetalklive.com. We got some calls. We're going to get into them here. Plus, we got the other four steps. Yeah, four more steps on the plan of genocide. The stages. The stages of genocide here, which uh, we're definitely through numbers one, two, and three at this point. Uh, number four, arguably, is and more so or less so in different countries of the world yep. because you know they don't quite have involuntary quarantine camps here in the United States states just yet but they do have them in china and australia countries are jockeying for position other <laughs> other uh, countries like uh, austria of course requiring the vaccine is now a mandate that uh, everybody has to get vaccinated by sometime i think in february so there's a, a range of different levels of enforcement of this stuff but we go to your calls and thoughts he is talk calling us from texas talk you're on free talk live Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Yeah, I, hey. I don't like you much, but I love you. I love you. Okay. That's weird. <laughs> the feeling is mutual? Whatever floats your boat, talk. You know what that means? You know what that means? It's like, I want you guys to agree with me. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, what do you say that we're not going to agree with? Because that's what I want to hear. Uh, yeah, no, the point I was making is, is uh, yeah, I love you guys. I love, you know, I, I want to love people. <laughs> I want to love mankind. We, we're in some we're in some dire straits here no doubt it is hard to you know shed love on mankind and you know the the times that we live in yes sir i I was an icu nurse uh at the last of my career i tried to try to get it all in experience the whole thing i i did uh you know retirement center uh and i did uh, mental health we had uh, most most of it was drug abuse and alcohol problems and then uh, there was some bipolar schizophrenia, and then I moved on, uh, med surge and uh, telemetry, and wound up in ICU. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, I have a lot of experience. But my thoughts: uh, we survived all of it uh, with, you know, protection, you know, PPE and all that. So, anyways, but the thing is, I was thinking this virus or uh, another virus. If there was another virus, and you know, people are talking about that. Mm-hmm. Is, is this is all nightmarish? So, what we need? I'm an inventor now. I'm not like my fourth career. I'm 63 years old. I'm in my fourth career. I'm an inventor. I have only one patent now. It's a flosser. It's a tooth flosser. I just got it uh, in the process. Uh, it's up for sale for two million dollars. But my next invention is something for a facial apparatus, and uh, I think we I think we may need it. It's going to replace the mask. It'll work uh, very well, 
And if it doesn't, then no one will buy it. What is the purpose of this device? It's to filter air and protect your lungs. But by the way, you know, a little. The, I heard a doctor. He so he told people use a little povidone iodine in water, and and you don't swallow it. You just put it in the back of your throat, which is where this virus tends to, you know, uh, ha- uh, hibernate. And you you do this daily, if you're, you know, if you want to. I I haven't done it myself. I'm not. I'm uh, perfectly healthy. Iodine. Taking much precautions. I'm living down here. Well, why? We're, so you're just trying to cash that. in? I mean, if you, you personally are no. not so worried about this, but yet you're creating a new mask replacement out there, which I imagine is a fairly no. competitive field right now. There's all kinds of people trying to put their creative minds to uh, to use on the task of creating the new mask that everybody's going to want. It's not a mask. Hmm? It's not a mask. It's not it's a mask. A filter? That's, that's it. Filters air. Okay, but it's it's a beautiful invention. They're so how is it. that not a mask? Well, if it's a thing that goes over your mouth and nose, how is that not a go, mask? Doesn't go over your mouth. Okay, so how does it filter the air? Well, if you if you're breathing properly, you take deep breaths through your nose, through your nares, mm-hmm. nostrils. You but, breathe through your nostrils. You blow out. You blow air out through your mouth. Right. Now, for athletes, I have an adaptation, uh, an extension on the invention. So your invention, just to clarify, only goes over the nostrils? Yes. I see what you're saying. Oh, very right. small. Well, okay. I, I wish you the best small. talk. I mean, for me, it just doesn't interest me in any way, shape, or form. I'm not interested in uh, masks. Chuck a couple of cigarette butts up your nose. <laughs> see if that works. I'm not interested in any of this technology. I don't find it interesting or exciting. Uh, I find it dystopian. I find it uh, frightening. And well, I mean, there are filters already. It's called your nose hairs sure right yeah i mean mother nature has given you naturally occurring filters in the human body to prevent things foreign objects and you know that kind of a thing from yeah there's a system in there there's a system in there so and uh, there's a lot of people who would tell you now they don't get like they can't express themselves on platforms like twitter or youtube uh, for instance, Robert Malone was the recent doctor who got banned off yep. of Twitter, and then uh, the video of, uh, interview of his with Joe Rogan was banned off of YouTube. Yep. Of course, it's available on Odyssey, by the way. You can get oh, to Odyssey. And, and who is he? Let's remind our listeners who Robert Malone is. He's a high-ranking doctor who's worked for the government. Well, uh, he's he, creator he, of the R- mRNA, right? That, that's the important yeah. part, is he created the mRNA. Yes. And has been banned. And people don't want to hear what he has to say, because right. he will tell you... That's like... It's like not talking to the Wright brothers about flight. Yeah. It, it, he'll tell you. One of the things he'll tell you, and that he did say, I, I watched a portion of the Rogan interview. It's three hours long, but uh, I watched some of it. He points out that there are over 100 studies that make it pretty crystal clear that natural immunity, that is to say someone who has gotten COVID yeah. and beaten COVID, yeah. which is, of course, almost everyone who gets it, yeah. uh that they have a stronger immunity against oh, yeah. COVID than any of the multi-vaccinated Whoa, people. Oh, surprise. Yeah. Oh, gee. Yeah. Whoa, what a surprise. You mean you get something and you get over it and you get natural immunity that you're better off than taking what has been called a platform? Mm. 
this vaccine. Really? Yeah, the, we covered it early on in the, the vaccine development when they were talking about the mm. mRNA stuff for Pfizer. We covered it here on Free Talk Live that the people who were looking at it and and toying with it have called it a platform for programming DNA. That's scary. And that so like it's like a little computer and they just program it to, you know, have these spike proteins and then they inject it into you and that's supposed to like help you somehow. It's a load. I don't believe it. And all the evidence suggests that, in fact, he said further that the people who have the natural immunity, if they take the vaccine, they're actually more likely to encounter the negative side effects of like, you know, getting a heart attack at age 25 or myocarditis or, you know, you name it. And there's more and more stories about these sports athletes that are just dying and having heart attacks on the field. And, and read crazy one today, numbers. It was some sort of a uh, athlete runner or something who mm-hmm. uh, was having the myocarditis or some version of that. And she's like, I don't know that I'll ever be able to compete again. It's so terrible. You know, like, I mean, somebody with an aspiring career, you know, looks like Done. they're and just like, nope. The number, if you want to join us here at 603-283-6160, we're going to continue with your calls and thoughts. But, you know, if it if it's your body, if you want to put a mask on or three masks on or shove things up your nose or whatever, you do you. But I find it really disturbing, personally. If the statists have their way, we'll all become bubble people. Yeah, well, they're not going to have their way with me. Me neither. The number is 603-283-6160. You can join us. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Phones open if you want to join us on this live Saturday edition. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can, of course, bring up whatever you want. We've got the stages of genocide. And yes, I realize we have talked about this sometime in the last couple of years. I think it was probably last year. At some point, we did bring these up. Uh, but I don't remember which night it was on, and so it's always good well, to Well, and it. there's a couple different versions of there it, are. too. Some are like five, some are eight, some are 12. Yeah, we got the know. eight stages here from Greg, Dr. Gregory H. Stanton, the president of Genocide Watch over at Keene State College, which has a whole section of their college devoted to the Holocaust. And just kind of going over the uh, you know all these different stages and comparing them to today and what's happening because it's very clear that this is happening again. But we can go back to your phone calls and thoughts. First up, we go to someone who says they have lost their name, calling from somewhere. Yeah, uh, I don't want to get too technical, but me and my wife were having sex, and then we woke up, and uh, we don't know our names. We can't see. Uh, we we're like totally lost. The only thing. How is do you know seeing, she's your wife? Well, I don't know. I think it was through the CB, and I think the the the, the battery's running low because I just lost contact with her. The CB radio. So I'm here alone now. Yeah. What's her handle? I just remember. Uh, Tiger. Tiger. Have you tried doing a you know radio check asking for uh, Breaker One Nine? Yeah, but uh, uh, I think the batteries ran out in the radio. Mm. Okay, so you had sex with someone who you believed to be your wife. She left. Yeah, that's my memory. Yeah, and you good, good. you knew that she was available on the CB radio, or you never met her in the first place, and you just imagined it. I, well, I'm I not real clear. Memories, what... I have these memories, but now all things are are slowly being lost. Oh man, that sounds I've really frustrating. You at 1690 in uh, Port St. Lucie. 
and I'm just looking for your help because, you know, uh, electromagnetic spectrum. All right, let's get to some facts. When did this happen? Oh, uh, that's the problem. I lost track of time, space-time. So this could have been it was, it this evening? Dark. This could have been five e- five years ago? Yeah, it could have been, but it's dark now. I'm in the dark. It sounds like it, and I wish there was something I could do to help you, man. So okay. how did you find okay. our Thank show? Uh, 1690 kilohertz. In you Coming said in Pensacola. You said you're in you're in Florida. Yeah, in Florida, along 95 and uh, Port St. Lucie is my uh, GPS coordinates. The last I can remember, but I'm slowly losing power. Are you in a vehicle right now? <laughs> <laughs> could be. <laughs> Are, yeah, could it's be. Hazy. It's kind of hazy. Well, you said you were in the dark. Can you feel around for like a wall? See if you can find a light switch. Uh, I see a radio dial. I can turn the volume up. No, 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 you don't, don't want to do, do that. that. Yeah, That'll cause feedback okay, yeah, yeah. and it'll it's get really confusing. Yeah, I can. All right, I can so see some uh, lights here. Yeah. So you were so you were listening to the radio. You at some point came to the belief that you'd had sex with a woman who was your wife, and well, you don't. Be, yeah, but I'm not sure what the truth is anymore. Right, right. Now, how words are cheap. Where are you from? Uh, oh, from Dover, Pennsylvania. Dover, Pennsylvania. Do you remember anything yeah. about your, you know, your life or your history, like how you got to uh, Port St. Lucie, well, Florida? They told me. They told me my name was uh, Glenn. Is what they told me my name was. Who told was you? Too young to they remember. Who? My parents told me that. Okay. I guess they're my parents. Where did you start losing your memory? Uh, when I got about sixty, I guess. And how old do you think you are now? Uh, sixty. How do you know for sure? I don't. Okay. I guess I count the cycles. I have to ask because you said it's it's hazy where you're at right now. Like you could kind of see well, some lights. It's about seventy-seven degrees. It's a little breezy uh, and uh, dark, but I'm, I'm seeing some light there from a light pole. It's are you hazy. outside or are you inside? I'm outside. Uh, I don't mean to lose anybody if they're interested. Yeah. Are you homeless or it's do you have somewhere to go cheap. tonight? Oh, I have somewhere to go. Resident Hotel. I'm going to move down here. Wonderful place. Screw PA. Screw uh, Tom Wolf. I think you found the right place, and we'll look forward to hearing from you again. Feel free to give us a call if you ever figure out whatever you're trying to figure out. Thanks for the call tonight. You know, I'm not sure if he was cranking. A Florida man. I am not sure. (laughs) When I first answered the phone call, I thought, oh, it's a crank call. And as I started talking to him, I thought... We don't normally get good crank callers. That's and true. He's either a really good crank caller. I, I think that is the case. Or he's actually kind of crazy. I say that he's a good crank caller because of the couple of laughs that he, he uh-huh. let out like as we were asking him stuff because it was stuff he hadn't even thought about right, himself. Right, 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 right. So I think I'm, I am leaning more towards the good crank caller. It's just such a strange <laughs> occurrence. Pretty, if to it actually, was crank, it was pretty yeah, good. It's a strange occurrence to actually get a talented crank caller. Like, I'm trying to remember, I think the last one we got was probably Cobra Commander <laughs> or Megatron, the guy that was uh, running for... Some, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> when he was running for president. And that was like a decade ago. I think that was 2012 when Cobra Commander called. Oh, in. really? Yeah. Uh, and the dude had in, the app, he had the voice down. Yeah, if he called in today, he could talk about the virus. <laughs> it was excellent. <laughs> um, so I remember that one, and I feel like somebody called in as Megatron at one point, but... Oh, uh, wow. 
But, but you know, the best I crank think, callers we had were back in the Florida days. I think you show. guys ran part of the Cobra Commander as one of the like a promo? Yeah, promo for Maybe Free Talk so. Live. It was a really good call. Uh, so if that was fake, uh, fantastic. Good I hope job, we can, I hope you can call back again at some point. But man, that was great. All right. So the number here is 603-283-6160. This guy is for real. It's Robert in South Carolina. Although I wish yeah, it was hi. fake. Hello. I, I'm just, you know, I'm listening to all of these things and I'm thinking to myself, you know, this pandemic, I, I think, is coming to an end now because, you know, when it starts to, the, the disease starts to generalize and gets get weaker and weaker and then everybody has it and it's, and it's really, and it just weakens out like people people getting over a cold and that, that's what's going to happen, I think, in the very near future if it's not happening already. And then the next thing I was thinking of is politically, we're going to start swinging back toward the right because people... It's only a tiny fraction that, that that's really pushing things the way to go the way they are right now, and I think there's a lot of manipulation going on, even for them to do it to the to the degree that they're able to do it up to this particular point in time. But in the future, let's say 2022 after the 2022 election, I think things are going to change. But the, the I don't think things going are going to change. Well, things are going well, to change, but. You know, are they going to well, change for the better? I don't think they're going to change well, well, in that the government isn't going to get any smaller. The government's keep, going to keep on its path of getting bigger, more oppressive, and more intrusive, and more expensive. And it doesn't matter to me whether it's the Republicans running it or the Democrats running it. We've seen plenty of evidence that it doesn't matter one whit. Well, they're, they're going to have to get a lot better at lying and cheating then, because um, the, government, the people of the United States are not going to take this too much longer. They're going to vote <laughs> I don't believe that either. <laughs> The people oh, of the United yeah. States yeah. have proven they'll take it hard and long. Now, now, don't get me wrong. There is this sort of undercurrent that I bump into from time to time listening to people when I go in public places. Like, there is a general feeling about, yeah, you know, this sucks and, like, what do we do about it and that kind of thing. There's a general undercurrent. But mm-hmm. if – I mean <clears> – <throat> The country was founded on like a fifteen percent tax or three percent, three percent. Yeah, sorry, the T three percent T tax. T tax is what I was getting at, right? And like you know, they basically said, "Screw you, King George," for that. Now, yeah. roughly half of the average American's income is taken by the state in one form or another. If you add up all the different ways that you get taxed, and I'm, not, I'm talking about your income tax, I'm talking about your property oh, yeah. tax, your sales tax, I'm talking about inflation, I'm talking about licensing fees. When you add all that crap together, the average Americans uh, you know, lose about half of their earning power right, right to the state. If the Americans were going to do anything about it, they had done it already as far as like, you know, any kind of a we're not going to take any more rise up and like overthrow the government type of thing. It would have happened already. So since that hasn't happened and I don't think it's going to happen, the best thing that anybody can do is if you're of a freedom mind is to find other freedom minded individuals and get together with them and, well, try and make a better place. Other people in the rest of the world seem to have no problem rising up. I mean, look at Kazakhstan, where just in the last several days since yeah. uh, last weekend, they've had massive protests, and it was all over. I mean, I'm not going to say it was all over this, but the the straw that broke the camel's back there was the doubling of the gas prices. Yep. Boom! People are in the streets. They've set the Congress building on fire, you know? Like, they're actually killing, and I don't believe in violence. I don't think that's the solution. Right. But you push people far enough in some parts of the world, and they will snap. Yep. But the American populace is so well-fed, yep. they're so well-taken care of, 
It's the and, land of the comfortable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the uh, you know the bread and the circuses. The circuses being television and the metaverse and you know you name these little distractions that we've got going on out there. They are working very well to keep uh, the uh, the people very obedient and docile. The number here is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. Uh, phones are open if you want to join us. Of course, you can bring up whatever is on your mind. We got a few more stages of the eight stages of genocide. We'll touch on plus a trolley problem in St. Louis that you're going to share with us coming up here on Free Talk Live. Hour two is next. You can take control. Is your broken heart stopping you from being authentically happy? My name is Jeremy West, and for a limited time, I am running a free online class to teach you what most people don't know about how to deal with your feelings. The simple way to deal with your negative thinking, the key to breaking your unhealthy relationship patterns, and so much more. No more feeling like a failure who will never find true love. No more self-medicating and ending up feeling even more miserable. And no more feeling like you'll never be someone who deserves an amazing partner. Sound good? You'll discover a new way to finally feel validated and loved. To stop trying to get your self-worth from the very people who tear it down and to put you in control of your own happiness so you never surrender that control to another person again in as little as eight weeks. Register now for my free online class at beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. That's beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Phones open here if you want to join us. Live Saturday show continuing and kicking off the second hour. The number is 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And the captain. 603-283-6160. We can also, of course, like I said, take your calls about anything. It's up to you. Uh, what we talk about, of course, we always bring things in to discuss. On the way, a trolley problem hits San, uh, St. Louis in a multi-million dollar fashion. You know, 30 million we we, we so. say all the or i say frequently or have said on this show many times that the state shouldn't exist because the taxpayer always loses mm-hmm, that's true and in this particular scenario and we'll get into it later i'm sure but boy the taxpayer is really they're gonna get screwed uh, which they're, they're just in a pickle We'll get it to uh, we'll get into it here in a bit, but we're going to go to your phone calls first. We got Jeff. Plus, we got to finish up the eight stages of genocide. We're doing a quick overview on that here tonight, just because it applies. Some of these things are really happening. Uh, but uh, Jeff in Durango, Colorado, listening to K E N N. Go ahead. Yes, uh, this fits in. I'm an immunologist, and uh, uh-huh. this fits in with your eight your eight stages. Mm-hmm. And uh, worked for the government for low these many decades and Department of Defense, and when uh, Dr. Malone came out and he mentioned his technique for his supposed vaccine, Mm -hmm. I noticed that this was not Louis Pasteur classic effective vaccine technique, which is the way you do a vaccine, period, end of story. I mean, and uh, but it was recombinant DNA. Okay, so they add in the vax a thing called the mRNA supposed vaccine, a RNA transcriptase, and what it did with a little lethal uh, spike protein uh, segment of DNA is the first, if you just give it one time, it gives a brief boost of your immune system. It gooses it to, to basically fight back the uh, spike protein. However, 
past that point, you're creating a saturation process of cascading metastasis of the lethal spike protein. Basically, what this infers, this is a bioweapon. It's called synthetic cancer. Okay? Wow. And it is a crime against humanity. That's why Dr. Malone jumped in real quick to say, don't take it more than once. You know, in this, this booster surge technique, especially in the, in, in the face that, uh, the current Omicron is actually acting like cowpox did for smallpox. A benign form spreads quickly and gives you resistance against all the lethal forms. Mm-hmm. So you're saying Omicron okay, is and- actually a good thing because it's so weak. Yeah. Well, I think also yeah, what he's yeah, saying is that this follows like sort of what viruses do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's that's been our gift from God from day one, you know. And they're trying everything on Earth, like uh, the British voice of uh, Bo uh, Johnson saying, "Oh, it's the transmissibility." Well, hey, right now transmissibility for the benign form is what we're looking for because it confirms the global, across-the-board um, uh, immunity, uh, herd immunity, and natural immunity. Mm. Just like what that's what we're looking for. And yet, the but government really gangs to- in the on the planet are making you know using this as the excuse to crack down even harder than uh, than ever before. <laughs> exactly, Mondo. Yeah. It's What's yeah. funny to me about this is the governments are using the, we'll call it the lack of education. Most people have no clue how viruses work, sure. and you know what you know right. what what a virus does. You know when it uh, you know it goes through different stages and different forms and that kind of thing. And even I can't speak very intelligently about it. And I'm glad you've called tonight because you certainly outlined it far better than I can. Mm-hmm. But like they're taking yeah, advantage. You, you've been doing- Oh, thanks. They're taking advantage of their own citizens' lack of education to inspire fear. That's what they do. Exactly. You've hit, you've hit it. You guys are just and connecting that to the eight stages of genocide. You're exactly right. And there is one guy lives up in the Shire. His name is Mark Stein, and he pointed out that in this whole ugly uh, 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 causality loop, it is tracking back to. OPEC British Petroleum. Mm. They're following the money. Mm. That's spooky. That's really spooky. All of a sudden, our our best friends from World War II, who were never our friends since they burned down the White House in 1812, they still want this nation back. They still want the rogue colony back. They own pretty much. Well, as far as I'm concerned, they can have the nation. I am ready to say, let's call it a a day. Uh, New Hampshire and any other place that wants to go (laughs) should say goodbye. We're going to peacefully end this relationship and uh, and and call it quits. It's it's over. Live free or die, buddy. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for the call tonight, man. I appreciate hearing from you. And uh, yeah, live free or die. I love that. Appreciate it. Yeah, and if you're in New Hampshire. You know, if you've moved here, well, you've already moved here for the right reasons. But if mm. you're from here and I don't know, maybe it's time for you to think about that slogan, the live free or die bit, because you know, it gives you something to live up to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we are, by the way, coming up on uh, less than two weeks now until a very important hearing. Now, normally we don't promote, you know, local politics or whatever on free talk live but this one is so historic yeah we're it's like the first of its kind right 
Well, Aria did bring up that maybe there was something like this in like one of the southern states in the 1800s or something where the people could get together and you know be heard on the issue of independence. Uh, but certainly since then, there has been no such event where the average person could go and speak on the record to their so-called representatives about the question of whether or not they should be allowed to vote on leaving the United States. Because that is the question that is on the table. That is what the state representatives here in New Hampshire will be voting on at some point within the next few months. This is going to go up before the entire state house, and it is going to get a vote, and I hope it gets a roll call vote, as they call it, which is where somebody has to move specifically. There have to be at least, I think, 10 state reps that yeah. say, we demand a roll call vote. That way it's not just an I and a nay, right? Like they actually have to call them out one by one. All right, what you know, what is your vote on this? And that way everybody goes on the record. We know for sure uh, who you know voted who which voted way. For, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's it if it fails, that's definitely something we want to know. Right. Who are the people who are against this uh this this constitutional amendment? But isn't this to secede from the United States? And I guess maybe just in modern times, right? Or since I've been alive since I've been alive, there've been a few will call them secessionist movements, right? Yeah, the, here California had one. Yep, state know, of Jefferson. The, Texas. And then the whole exit thing, right? That's where in Bre- Brexit. Brexit and Texit, right? Yeah. And, and all that kind of thing. But isn't this like legislatively the furthest along anybody's gotten? Yes. Okay. Yeah, there was a proposal in Texas early in 2021. Just, I just want to give our listeners an idea for why we're talking about New Hampshire on a nationally broadcast show. Well, we do talk about New Hampshire often enough, we do. but this one is really important. This is like hugely historic as far as I'm concerned because we want to pack this room. We want to pack this room with people who want to say goodbye to the United States and convince these state legislators not to support secession but to simply support allowing the people to vote about it. Right. And that's a much easier bar to cross. So it's going to be interesting to see how all this plays out. That hearing is coming up on January 20th. It's a Thursday. It's at 3.30 in the afternoon. Full details are over at nhexit.us. If you're in New Hampshire, or even if you're in the region, and you know you, you want to see New Hampshire go, like if you're a hard leftist and you want New Hampshire to leave the United <laughs> States, come on up and let them know. Uh, but uh, anyway, head over to nhexit.us to learn more about that. As we go to Sarah, she's calling from New Mexico. Sarah. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. You do have very interesting call. I mean, that guy was pretty interesting before. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I just want to say that I have been working on a women-only homeless shelter here in Albuquerque. Now, when you say you've been working, you mean you've been calling talk radio stations and talking about it? Well, I used to speak up I, um, at the city council meetings a long time ago, and I used to, when they had a local radio uh, TV station, um, and they got rid of that, uh, but I used to uh, speak up about the home, the women-only shelter. Tell me about the existing homeless shelter. Is it co-ed? Are they actually putting men right next to women in bunk beds? Or do they have it segregated? Well, it's segregated, but the thing is the corridor, they walk the women down the escalator. I want to hear more down. about it. Hang on. I want to hear more because you've been into, uh, I believe you said you told us on a previous call that you've lived for some time in one of these homeless shelters. And so we'll find out what, it's, what it was like uh, for Sarah. And, of course, your calls are welcome. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Phones open if you want to join us live Saturday show. 
Number 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. 603-283-6160. Coming up, we'll get into the trolley problem in St. Louis. What's going on? With this boondoggle that cost over $30 million. But first, we're going to continue with your calls and thoughts. Also, I do want to let you know about Intercoin because we've been telling you about how Intercoin can help any business or organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. And now Intercoin has launched its own investor token worldwide. And you can purchase it on a centralized exchange known as Xmarkets, exmarkets.com. And just sign up with an email address. You don't need to show any ID so you can keep your privacy intact. Deposit dozens of different cryptos, including Bitcoin. Trade them for Tether. And you can buy ITR with the Tether there on uh, the xmarkets.com, exmarkets.com. If you want to learn more about the Intercoin vision, that is over at intercoin.org. And you just might be advancing the cause of liberty around the world. We go back to Sarah. She's in New Mexico. Sarah, you said... You're working on a women's only homeless shelter, and I was just asking you about your experience as a uh, a lady in a homeless shelter. You spent some time. How long did you live in a homeless shelter? Well, actually, I I was living in homeless shelter all across the country. I mean, mm-hmm. Boston. I I stayed in every shelter, including the one here, the jail, the the jail like shelter. A, a homeless tour or something. <laughs> Well, I mean, this is this is. I mean, when I traveled, that's where I wound it up. So mm. I was in I was in a homeless shelter all over the place to know too poor to afford yeah too poor to afford a good hostel. No, I I don't have that kind of money. But the thing is to know that other states they have women only homeless shelters. Mm-hmm. They know that there's a lot of problem that arises when they put the women and uh, women and men really close to one another. So the ones here, they do have a separate dorm. The men sleep separate, the women sleep separate. But mm-hmm. the thing is, the corridor, the the jail hall where you have to, they actually have to escort women at like five at a time with another escort. I mean, with another woman staff. But one one day, that some guy was trying to talk to me at the water fountain. He happened to me that he wants a massage or something. I almost <laughs> threw a cup of water, and I was ready to just. Gave him a shower. He you was know a I thirsty mean? He was dude. Me. Yeah, but, but but this is what you. He might have enjoyed that. Hey, Sarah, you know the well, best. You know the best thing about dating a homeless woman is you could just drop her off wherever when you're done. <laughs> well, how about that? That's another thing about the the culture here in Albuquerque. They exploit homeless women. They take them in for a couple of days. I mean, they they you don't do this in New Hampshire, but it's a culture here. What they does that mean? Them, you, they, they take them, them in. What what? How do you exploit a homeless person? They take them person? into the house. Yeah, it's a culture here that you're entitled to take homeless women and use them for sex and throw them out after a couple of days. You're, you're entitled? You give them a, yeah, well, well, that's the that's the mentality out here. That's the, Hold on that's a second. Let me see if I'm following what you're saying. You're saying when you say they take them into a house, you're talking about just an average person on the street just opens up a door to a car and then the homeless woman gets in on their own volition and they take them well, home and that, here's the, here's the thing there's another reason I want normally that's called prostitution away. well I mean no but don't no it is not prostitution because they don't get paid I, money for yeah they don't get they just give them food shower and some shelter I, for I have there's a whatever. term for this there's a word for this it's called hobosexual hobosexual <laughs> <laughs> Homosexual uh, services. You're uh, the, it. the thing is that when you allow men 
to loiter around. They the, the homeless women are, you know, they're, they're just ducks for exploitation. But wait, let me see know, if I'm following like what you're. I'm, I'm still really confused here, okay. Sarah. Okay. So you're saying these women are voluntary? Like the the guy isn't leaning out the car window with a gun and saying, "Get in the passenger side, or I'm going to shoot you." Right? You're saying these women will get into the car voluntarily? They they on their own volition choose to to go with this person? Well, well the the whole. But I'll ask him. Do you do that in the East Coast, New England? I would never do, do you, that. You period. Guys, I'm not hey. interested in picking up women on the street like that, personally. Uh, but I, I imagine those people do exist. I mean, there are probably guys who want to hire a prostitute. And, you know, there are those guys. And then there are probably some other guys who would prefer not to pay for the prostitute. And if they can, you know, take some lady who's down on her luck and you know, feed her and give her a place to stay and she does it all voluntarily, I really don't see what the problem with that is. I mean, are you telling me there's you're not saying there's like a criminal act going on. You're just saying that you don't like that some women are using the fact that they're women to make themselves a little more comfortable? Well, well, well here's, here's my thing, is that, they're, to me, the women are victimized, in my opinion, because they, they, they're they on the streets because they have mental illness. They were abused. They were sexually mm-hmm. molested. They were beaten. They were verbally abused. They have low self-esteem. There's no reason they wouldn't have those things happen to them in a state-run homeless shelter either. Fact. But, but the thing is, is that the, the, the way, the, for example, where they feed, it's always they feed women and men together. So then the people that have homes are looking for these crazy women. They loiter around looking for these, for the opportunity. And to me, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a woman. In my perspective, I mean, if you're exploited. looking for a crazy woman, you can, you can find them. There are better places than the homeless shelter to find <laughs> crazy women. Although, you know, if you want to aim low. I just don't see what the problem is here, Sarah. I mean, if you were going to tell me that there's people being abused physically, okay, yeah, there's something wrong with that. If there's somebody being taken against their will, if they're being forced uh, into some sort of sexual servitude, then yeah, those are those are problems. Those are criminal acts. Uh, those people, something should happen to them. Uh, but if you really think about it. Think about it. It's it's kind of like a blackmail. You're you're desperate. You're freezing to death. You're starving. Okay, so they're using that against you to get the sex out of you or manipulating you, and you're mentally ill. That's that to me. That's like taking advantage of somebody. And and so the homeless well, women mixed up with men, um, they're being exploited. They're being harassed. There's pimps there. I mean, it's very dangerous. And I've been speaking up, but here in this state, Albuquerque, women get treated like garbage here. You know, it's not like you, well, your state, New England. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there are people who are treated like garbage all across the world. So I don't know if Albuquerque is any better or worse uh, in that in that case. And the the reality is, people who are down on their luck are usually desperate, and they are willing to do things that somebody who is well fed and you know jobbed uh, are not willing right. to do. I mean, that's that's the sad reality of the world that we live in. And I don't think that. You know, look, if you have a homeless shelter, fine. I, I, like, for instance, I support the local one. There's a local privately run homeless shelter. There's a government one, yeah. but there's also a privately run one, and I support the privately run homeless shelter. It is open the, here in Keene the 100 coldest nights of the year, 
and I give to them on a on a monthly basis. And uh, the Shire Free Church has actually sponsored some of their larger events that they've had in the in the past as well because they do good work and they you know they help people out, they help them get a job, and they help them they they don't just give them a place to stay. They you know they they give them a, a help up right like the, an arm up yeah. uh, to uh, you know give them a place where they can fill out a resume and. Give them tips on how to, I don't know, go and get a job and get a life, right. and, you know, move on and, and become productive and, and, and get out of the position in which they would be desperate. Yeah, become independent, which yeah. is what we're all about here on Free Talk Live. Right. And giving people a homeless shelter run by the state is not the best solution, in my opinion, but I wish you the best. Thanks for the call, Sarah. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us. Share your thoughts here on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live phones are open on this live Saturday episode. We do this thing seven nights a week, by the way. And we do it live. Yes, we do. But if you can't always listen live, that's okay. We've got a podcast, and you can go and subscribe to the show. And if you don't know what a podcast is, that's fine. You can just click and download every episode that you want to from the front page over at freetalklive.com. But if you know how to download uh, podcasts, and we do have those feeds for you over at feeds.freetalklive.com, just go straight to that page, feeds.freetalklive.com, and you'll find the RSS feed that you need to plug into your podcast client, and then you'll automatically receive every new episode of Free Talk Live. It is that simple, and it's free over at feeds.freetalklive.com. Use technology to your advantage. Yes, indeed. And we're going to continue. Uh, and on the way, we still have to get to this trolley problem story out of St. Louis. So that oh, yeah. is still to come. But first, we've got Major Payne. He's on the line in Michigan. Major Payne, you're on Free Talk Live. No, no, you can't have a lolly on the trolley in St. Louis. Heavens to Betsy. Apparently you can, okay. but no one is. We'll get into why. Anyway, I got to touch real quick on Sarah's heartache, and then I also mm. want to go to the Constitutional Convention before the end of it, if you boys will bear with me. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, as far as Sarah, when the, uh, towards the end of the Obama administration, he abolished all the nut houses and put the loonies on the streets. And so there was a lot more homeless and a lot more heartache, and you know. How could Obama uh, abolish crazy wards? I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't remember what he did. I mean, I wasn't. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So the federal government doesn't. At the point, they might, they might have funded they, some they, of them, but yeah, ultimately well, they're they, run by the state. That's how they do it. That's how they do it. They relinquish their funding, and all of a sudden it disappears. Nobody can make any money anymore. But anyway, mm. so I don't you know, know if I buy that. Well, I don't know. Crazy people got to go somewhere to get themselves a peanut butter sandwich. 
don't know what you're going to say. I, I'm just saying, but, I don't uh, know if I buy that they're closing the homeless shelters. I've not heard of that happening around no, the, here. The crazy house. No, not yeah. the shelters, the insane asylum. Oh, okay. They put the lo- they put the loonies on the streets. They shut them all down. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they didn't close the New Hampshire hospital that does that here. But maybe that happened in your town. I don't know. But go ahead. Yeah, there was one that did go under here. But, uh, yeah, I, I heard a news blip here and on this coronavirus. There was a flu that went through about 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And evidently, if you were hit with that one, you probably got the natural immunity that most people got that have gotten the other variants. But uh, there's one screwy thing that even the people that got the original virus, not the flu that, I'm, that preceded it, they're still going to be susceptible to this Amaron or Amicron virus, whatever it is. But evidently, this is a low-budget thing and not much more kick-ass than a cold. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on the uh, just at the end of the uh, Obama administration, there was a push going through the states to enact the Constitutional Convention. And if I recollect correctly, it took like 35 states to vote this thing in. I think so, yeah. I think sounds they right. had like 27 or something towards the end. They've been it. talking about but this and talking about we, this for years. Yeah, I know, but if, if things keep going down this mudslide like they are, I'm thinking there might be another 12 states that are willing to buck up and say, okay. Honestly, only, I don't think it would work out real well. Way, it's the only way we're going to be able to hold Congress's feet to the fire. Can you imagine putting these it? lunatics into a constitutional convention? I mean, to me, that sounds like a disaster waiting to happen. Well, I don't know. Well, I tell uh, you, I, I, look at who's in Washington, D.C. You think there would actually be good things that would come out of a constitutional convention? No, these would be the states holding the Congress's feet to the fire. Uh-huh. And they would send who to these conventions? State the politicians? States. Yes. Well, that's not any better. I have an idea. Just all the wannabes federal politicians. I have an idea. Let's take the people in the crazy house, Major. (laughs) Let's take the people in the crazy house and, you know, put them in the politician seats and see if it couldn't be worse. Thanks for the call tonight, Major Payne. The number is 603 283 6160. But really, you know, the solution is what we were talking about earlier. It's not to restructure the federal government. I mean, you're just talking about rearranging the deck chairs of the Titanic in that case. This thing is sunk, it is done. Just because the whole thing hasn't taken on water and everyone hasn't drowned yet doesn't mean that it isn't inevitable that the end of the United States is coming. Whether it's, you know, in this lifetime or in the you know coming generations, I hope it's in this lifetime because yeah. I don't want to see this thing around anymore. It's doing too, ma- too much damage to too many innocent people. You've got innocent, peaceful people locked in prison cells all around the country. You've got bombs being dropped on peaceful people all around the world. This is psychotic. It, the United States of America was an experiment in in a different type of statism. Mm-hmm. Uh, the folks were like, okay, well, we know that uh, you know statism doesn't work. We're going to try this different flavor of statism where you know we let people do what they want for a while, and it's a failure. A mm-hmm. couple hundred years later. It's the largest empire the globe has ever seen. Yeah, didn't go in the direction they thought it was going so, to. So the idea that you can have some sort of a state, some sort of monopoly on violence, turn out well for the people is false. No. All of the, Look at the evidence. All of the, the entire history of government of any type, of any variety across all of humanity. If you look at the evidence, you go, 
yeah, it's pretty overwhelming that this is a horrible way for people to run other people. Like, you shouldn't run other people's lives. That's the point. Yeah. You just shouldn't do it. I wish more people could see that clearly, Captain, and I'm glad that we talk about it often here on this program in the hopes that people will wake up to the idea that the state needs to be relegated to the dustbin of history just like slavery yes. has, uh, you know, the, or chattel slavery, because yeah. arguably we're still slaves to the state. Yeah, but, I call it slavery light. Yeah, slavery 2.0. Uh, and so I want to comment here on something someone said in the chat room. We got a, again, we got a bunch of video streams. One of them is over on YouTube until they ban us again. Uh, but for now, Max Love says, if Alaska would secede, then I'd happily move up there. And what I want to comment about that is I see this attitude common on social media. Whenever people are talking about New Hampshire or the New Hampshire exit, uh, the secession movement here in New Hampshire, there's usually somebody who chimes in with, hey, as soon as you guys secede, I'm coming on up. It's like, well, that's good and all, but honestly, we don't need you. Okay, we need the people who are willing to actually help make that happen. We know a bunch of you know climbers on board are going to come when the secession happens. Cor- yep. Of course, I mean the the economic freedom that you'll have here because you won't have federal government regulations right. and taxes on your back. So obviously, it's going to bring businesses in here. It's going to bring freedom seekers in here. But really, we need people who are committed to the ideas of liberty, who are willing to actually work towards that. Like if you value the idea of independence and if you like the idea of secession then you should move to the places that it's most likely to happen and most likely to be friendly to you. So if you're a hardcore conservative, get down to Texas, okay, and help those people secede. If you are a hardcore progressive leftist, get out to California and join the California secession movement, although it recently had a big schism. But, uh, you know, you can go there. And if you love liberty and you really want to see a free place on the planet, you really need to get to New Hampshire because, honestly— the more people that we have here before the uh, election in 2022, the better. Yeah. Because if this thing gets on the ballot, we're going to need two-thirds of the voters to vote for it. And you can walk right into the polls on election day here in New Hampshire and register to vote for the very first time. So if you if you move to New Hampshire on November 1st and the election's, I don't know, November 3rd or whatever, you can vote. And so, I mean, look, I don't think voting is the most important thing that you can do or anything like that. I think it's like the least important thing that you can do. But as far as people doing the least, like if, if you don't want to be a full time activist, that's fine. You got to make a living. You got to take care of your family. But if you want to do that in a place where you've got neighbors who actually give a damn about freedom and who are here building the freedom movement that is just so decentralized and unstoppable. I mean, there's no better place to be. Yeah, if if you are sitting around and you're waiting for some state to secede before you move there, you're, you're still stuck in slavery. Yeah. You got to take action. I mean, why wouldn't you want to say you were a part of that? I mean, can you imagine you know, telling your grandkids uh, 50 years later, yeah. where were you when New Hampshire secede? Well, I was sitting there in uh, Ohio and I just wanted to wait until somebody else did all the work for me, kids. And then I jumped on board after the fact. Come on. Or do you want to be legendary? Yeah. Or do you want to say, hey, I made that happen. I showed up at the hearings. I spoke to state representatives. I, I ran for state representative and I voted for this thing. Uh, there's more coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. It 
It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can also join us online. We've got a lot of cool features on our website, including our own social media platform over at social.freetalklive.com. Yes, that's right. We don't really care what you say. I mean, there's all kinds of big tech companies out there that want to censor you and restrict you and ban you for having a different opinion than whatever the government will allow you to have these days. But those rules don't apply over at social.freetalklive.com. You can get on over there and uh, you can post to your heart's content. It's a Mastodon-based system, and that means that it is what they call federated. So it is self-hosted, meaning we host it on our server, which isn't located in the United States, by the way. Uh, so we host the, the server. It's connected to the rest of the Mastodon network, unless some other server has decided they hate us and they want to disconnect from us, which is their freedom to do so, because that's what you can do when you're federated. You can connect to some, disconnect from others. Uh, we have not chosen to disconnect from anyone, so if yeah. they've chosen to dis- disconnect from us, then that's their prerogative. But you go over to social.freetalklive.com. And one of the things that I, I really think is cool about this as an open source platform, that means that anyone who's got the programming chops can make an app for that. So there's like yep. the default social.freetalklive.com. You can go on a web browser, but then there's for iPhone or Android or Windows or Linux or Mac. There's like at least half a dozen, I think, per platform, different uh, like programs that yep. you can use to interact with social.freetalklive.com or any other Mastodon out there uh, for that matter. So if you don't like the features of one, try the other one and then try another one and, and figure out which one works best for you. The I think that's so thing, cool. The only thing I don't like about Mastodon mm. is that it sounds like you're slave to some guy named Don. <laughs> Or the, isn't it like an 80s hair band or something like that? Uh, no, actually, it's a, I think they're a stoner rock band uh, called Mastodon. Yeah, they're out of the 90s. 90s late okay. 90s, okay. 2000s even. They're they're really good. I actually like a bunch of their albums. They're the number one result when you search for Mastodon yeah. on the internet, so they still own it. But yeah. Mastodon, the, the uh, website, is the second result. And ours is social.freetalklive.com, so head on over there. You can get registered, and it's free to use. All right, so uh, let's get into. Ooh, we got to finish up the oh, the, the uh, eight right uh, from Keene State College. So yeah, the eight stages of genocide. So classification, which they've done that one, where okay, there's the anti-vax and the vax, and then symbolization, which is calling people, you know, sort of a diminutive, diminutive name, uh, anti-vaxer applied Your to grandma killer. Yeah, applied to someone who is not necessarily against vaccines. It's just this wide-ranging. Uh, application that anybody who is you know questioning towards the vaccine is an anti-vaxxer anyone who supports choice on the vaccine is an anti-vaxxer and then that leads right into dehumanization which is to say that all the anti-vaxxers are not really humans so you've seen this in the uh the the clear hypocrisy of the leftists who on one hand say they support universal health care Except for those people that won't get the vaccine. Yeah, if you don't get the vaccine, you don't deserve health care. Yeah, and they literally are, there actually are people out there dehumanizing the people who are questioning towards the vaccine. They are saying that they are awful and they want to be punished, they should be punished and locked up and killed. Some of them have even said they should die, that they feel good when they hear that somebody dies if they were anti-vax. Sick stuff. 
So that's the first three. Then organization. We've certainly seen plenty of organizations surrounding this now with vaccine passports, lockdowns, uh, vaccine, unvaccinated people are now locked down in the Northern Territory of uh, Australia. That's so Extreme sick, lockdown there. Uh, quarantine camps, mandatory detentions. Number five, polarization. Extremists drive the groups apart. Hate groups broadcast polarizing propaganda. Laws may forbid intermarriage or social interaction. We've definitely seen a uh, barriers, for yeah. instance, in certain places where if you're unvaccinated, you can be on one side. If you're vaccinated, you can be on the other. You know, the vac section or the non-vac section. Yep. And I've also seen some interesting memes, uh, I think, coming. I don't know where they're coming from, but like. I've seen one where it's a bunch of attractive girls who all like turn around looking at the camera, right? And then yeah, the meme and the meme says, uh, uh, you know, uh, when you tell them that you're a hundred percent natural, right? <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. And like I was thinking about that, and I'm like, that's kind of also sowing division. I think, mm. you know, in a way, right? Uh, there's a, plenty of stuff coming out of the left, but th- that's coming. I don't. Know, is that coming out of the right? Is that coming out of the voluntarists? I don't know, but uh, it, like. Well, there is something, there are some headlines that have suggested that the unvaccinated sperm is fetching a higher value. Well, I'm going to have to make an appointment. Yeah. So, I mean, the, there's something to be said for that meme and at the why same it time, At the same time, I keep, in the back of my head, I, I keep thinking about the cases where, like, the guy donates his sperm and then, you know, a female gets that sperm and gets mm-hmm. pregnant and then sues the guy anyway. Oh, uh, that has happened. And they, I believe, have been successful in some of those cases. Uh, number six, preparation. Victims are identified and separated out because of their ethnic or religious identity. Or, in this, again, they're looking at old, old school uh, mm-hmm. genocides. This one's pl- playing out a little differently. Death lists are drawn up. Members of victim groups are forced to wear identifying symbols. Okay, oh, so mask? they don't have death lists right now, but there are definitely identifying symbols. Not just masks, but in some places they're getting stickers. For people who have been vaccinated, yep. I don't remember which country it was, but they have like literally a yellow sticker. There was some event that we talked about where uh, it was kind of they took the concert approach. They give you a bracelet. Yep. Right. One of them, you know, was, for the time that you're at this thing, you get a bracelet and that says that you showed us your vaccine, vaccine passports. Yep. I mean, that's the same thing. Show us your papers. So, I mean, we're through six out of the eight stages here and... They're all in play to some extent or another at this point. Again, just without the death lists. Uh, Number seven, extermination begins and quickly becomes uh, the mass killing legally called genocide. So clearly we're not there yet. And I hope that we never get there. And I hope that we never get there. Uh, But if you look at Australia, they have taken away those people's guns for the most part. Somebody's asking, why do you think Australia is as bad as it is? They took away their guns. That's why. It definitely does not help. I'm really seriously afraid for the people of Australia because every time in history when a government takes away people's guns, a whole bunch of people die. Yeah. Every time. And then finally, the eighth stage is denial, which I would say, it says here it follows the genocide. I think we're in the midst of denial. Like the people denying that the steps are going on, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's literally people who've been through this, as you pointed out, like actual survivors of the German Holocaust, who've said, yeah, it's happening again. Oh, yep, clear, crystal clear, it's happening. And then, of course, there's plenty of people say, uh-uh, no, 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 there's no, no one's getting killed here. This is for helping. We're helping people. And they're going to deny their way all the way into, you know, internment camps, which they already have, by the way. They already have those in Australia. They have them in Hong Kong. 
They have them in China, and I'm sure there's other places I just haven't heard about yet. Yeah. So it, you know, with the exception of extermination, we've hit all, you know, seven out of the eight. Yeah. Your thoughts are welcome here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You know, this doesn't excite me. I'm not happy uh, about seeing these things happen. Why would you be? Uh, But it deserves to be pointed out. And something needs to change. Something needs to occur to stop this. And again, I don't support violence. You were talking about guns. Uh, I think guns give the government a gang something to think about. Right. Like, they're less likely to commit roundups of people if they know there's a chance someone might shoot them because they really are about protecting themselves. Although they did round up the Japanese in World War II. They did. And put them in they camps. Did. So. Well, in a lot of these cases, people will submit themselves to be rounded up. You know, go back to Nazi so, Germany. Oh, my God. A yeah. lot of the Jews just moved in voluntarily into the, you know, the cities. And they got on those trains without being forced to because they didn't know where they were really going. They didn't know they were gonna, there was going to be death camps involved. It wasn't like they were told, all right, you're going to your death. They didn't say that. They may not have even made that determination at that point. Right. That might not have been part of the plan, and then it became a plan later. So people will submit themselves very clearly. Um, it's sad stuff. Well, and You're right about the denial, too, and I refer to it as cognitive Stockholm dissonance syndrome. It's all one phrase now. Uh, But essentially, it's denial. There's a whole lot of people walking around this planet, not just the United States of America, who are otherwise oblivious to all of this. Sure. They're, you know, I don't know if they're just drugged up because Americans take something like more than 60, 65% of all the drugs on the planet. Like, huge consumers of, of pharmaceuticals I'm talking. I'm not talking about, like, street drugs. Talk about pharmaceuticals. Like, are, is everybody just so doped up? You know, are they somed out? To use a uh, a reference to what's the book? Oh, Aldous Huxley. Yeah, um, Brave New World. Brave Thank New you. World. Brave yeah. New World. Right, where like it puts you in this state of cognitive dissonance, where like you just sort of ignore the seven things out of the eight that are yeah. currently happening. I don't know. Yeah, I'll post this link, by the way, on our social media over at social.freetalklive.com. Coming up in hour number three, we're going to jump into the trolley problem. It is, it's hitting hard in St. Louis. We'll explain what's going on, and you can share your thoughts on what you want. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, live Saturday show. You can join the program. All you got to do is dial in. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're going to get into this trolley problem. Not the one you're thinking of, the, the online train issue or what you know the guys t- tied to the tracks oh right There's like yeah. all kinds of variants yeah. on that not 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 the that trolley one. problem but this is a problem for the people of st louis who have a government gang that has teamed up with the federal government and you know they you know when you work with the the mafia you get stuck with the mafia and it's some government on government action yeah, it gets course, pretty ugly yeah and you've got the story about that, Captain. We're going to get into that. And again, you can join us here as well. Take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live. But let's jump into the story. What has happened and how ugly is it? Uh, from Reason.com, St. Louis taxpayers paid a lot to run a money-losing streetcar. 
it could cost them even more to shut it down. The Federal Transit Administration says St. Louis officials either need to get its loop trolley back up and running or return $37 million in federal funds. Yikes. Yeah. In a paradox only the federal government could produce, St. Louis officials are having to decide whether they want to spend money reviving the city's long-troubled, currently mothballed trolley line or lose even more money shutting it down permanently. Hmm. Late last month, media outlets reported on a letter that the Federal Transit Administration sent St. Louis Mayor uh, Tashara Jones saying that local officials had until February to come up with a plan to get its 2.2-mile loop trolley back up and running or else return the $37 million in funds the federal government provided for the project. Or else what? Well, let's find out, Mm. shall we? Uh, This is only the latest setback in the long, sad saga of the St. Louis streetcar. The trolley started operational life in 2018, six years behind schedule. One streetcar? It's $37 million for one car? The trolley. The trolley. (laughs) Singular. Started operational life in 2018, six years behind schedule and about 10 million over budget, which we've come to. I know I I, we people should be outraged, but I've seen this so often with government that like, oh, yeah, of course, it's six years behind budget and 10 million or behind, you know, the schedule and 10 million over budget uh, because it's government. Duh, I expect that now. Of course. Neighboring businesses, which were supposed to be the primary beneficiaries of the new streetcar, complained that the inconvenience of the trolley's construction was instead costing them customers. Yeah, sure. They got to tear up the damn road, right, to make the track. Yep. And so, of course, those businesses had to, like, lose business because nobody wants to go where there's construction. Or they can't go it's because hard. it's closed down yeah, while they're you, doing the construction Well, or right. You've got a limited amount of time to attract somebody to pull into your parking lot, right? Yeah. And I don't know how many parking lots there are in St. Louis. I presume there's more than there's New York City, right? Like, it's probably a little more open. Um, but I've never been there myself. It's probably a fair guess. But you get a limited amount of time to attract somebody over, or else they're just going to be going down the road and they'll go to the next place. Yep. And if there's a bunch of cones and there's a bunch of construction guys yep. and stuff in the way, most people, even if they kind of wanted to, to go there, some of them, they're just going to just pass by and they'll find something else. They'll go to their second favorite place. When it did open... Ticket sales brought only around 10% of the expected revenue. Wow. Wow. Almost immediately throwing the line into financial distress. Creative efforts to boost ridership, including a Friday night laugh tracks service, during which comedians performed 40-minute sets along the (sighs) two-mile route, produced about as many chuckles as it did new customers. The city hired frickin' comedians, dude. Like they had, wow. they were like, okay, this thing sucks. It's only bringing in like ten percent of the riders we thought it, was, and like the and the businesses have already suffered. And they're like, <laughs> what can we do? And some harebrained politician, I'm sure, was like, I know, let's throw some money at it and hire some comedians. I've to got tell a friend jokes. who t- <laughs> opened the open mic night. Yeah. Like, wow. I mean, just I mean, even as a comedian, talk about a crappy gig. Right. I mean, because it, how many people can sit on fit on this trolley? Maybe sixty at most. I mean, trolleys aren't generally known to be like super buses, right? right. With like the extra thing hanging off the end. Right. No, it's not yeah. a not a very large thing. So let's say there's a few dozen people on here, and there's going to be a few that actually want to see the comedian. 
And they're just going to sit on the thing, right? Yeah. Like, they're not going to get off. Maybe the comedian, like, Facebooks his friends and, like, a couple of his buddies show up yeah. or whatever, right? You know, but they're only going to show up the one time. They're not going to come day after day or whenever, you know, oh, right. Bob the Comedian's performing every Thursday on the street trolley. Let's just go hang out. That's not going to happen. No. no. No, they're not serving beers. No. Usually when you go see a comedian, you're expecting to be able to order drinks, right? It's usually a two-drink minimum. Yeah. I'm just going to guess that, uh, like most cities, St. Louis probably has a prohibition on open containers. Uh, I would guess. And I suspect, even if they didn't have a prohibition on open containers, it's probably not allowed on the trolley or any of the other city buses. The uh, streetcar was then mothballed in December of 2019 after county officials. Wow. So they just took it off the road. They were like, yeah, we'll just you know, throw it in the garage or something. Okay. You know, I don't know what mothballed technically yeah. means. but It's collecting mothballs yeah. in a garage, right. Uh, so it was mothballed after county officials refused the trolley operator's request for a $700,000 bailout to keep the system running into 2020. Wow. The Loop Trolley's website says it's currently <laughs> shut down to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. But that's not true. Because I bet you a lot of people got COVID-19 from riding the frickin' trolley. Mm. Have they shut down the city bus system, too? <laughs> How about taxis? They shut and those down? No. Those things are usually losers as well, by the way. It's important to point out that oh, yeah. city-run transportation systems tend to lose money. Mm. Some of them lose hard, like big time, and they're subsidized. Almost all of them are probably subsidized. But it sounds to me like this one was being subsidized even harder than the city bus system. And they just said, you know what? We're going to shut this thing down, which is rare, right? Like It's rare for a government yeah. to actually stop a government program. Well, but now... and Or, or did it? Mm-hmm. All of these examples recommend against reviving the loop trolley, but the FTA's ultimatum has St. Louis officials in a bit of a bind. Mm. Reviving the streetcar will obviously require officials to find additional operating funds. Not reviving the streetcar will require paying back $37 million in capital costs <laughs> the feds sunk into the project. The feds. Uh-huh. They call it the feds. It's the taxpayers. Sure. Worse still... Returning federal funds would also hurt the St. Louis region's ability to secure federal grants for future projects. Even returning the funds would would hurt that. Because I would figure that if you didn't, like if they just said, yeah, you guys gave us that money. We're not giving it back to you. It didn't work out. See ya. I would figure they would then say, okay, well, we're not giving you any more money for any other things in the future. But to suggest that if they returned the $37 million, that they would still have a difficult time in the future? Wow. The St. Louis streetcar supporters have long used the letterist to justify keeping the line alive. Hmm. We've come entirely too far and invested too much with the loop trolley to just walk away, said then-Mayor There's Cruson. There's an economic term for that. It's called sunken costs sunken fallacy. Sunken costs fallacy. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's a bitch. Right? Like, it sucks when you pour a bunch of money. It could be you going to college and being in three out of four years and then realizing it's been a total waste of time, but then you're like, oh, man, I got to go and just finish this. I mean, I put all this money in all right. already. And the same thing's true of, like, a failing business. Or a house. A house right? or You buy a money pit and the thing is yeah. just in its dollar after dollar that you keep putting into it. And you yeah. get so far, you're like, well, I put so much into it. I might as well just put more. Right? Yeah. Yep. It sucks to have to say got to cut this cut the losses especially after you've sunk well in this case 37 million dollars it's other people's money but still 
they're going to have to keep paying through the nose to keep this thing operational. This is a bitch. Uh, she continues, what critics of the project failed to realize is that walking away would put us all at risk of defaulting on federal grants and losing out on future, future federal transportation funding. The logic is proving convincing even for longtime streetcar critics. Mm. While the mayor did not support wow. the loop trolley's construction, she is committed to fixing this problem to protect our region's transit dollars and our ability to receive federal support moving forward, said Nick Dunn, a spokesperson for Jones, in an email to Center Square. This is a mess. The number here is 603-283-6160. And this is what happens to politicians when they rely on the federal teat and the federal constant handouts. They become addicted to it and hooked on it, and they can't walk away. There's more coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. If you want to join the show, you can. We're here on the live Saturday episode with Ian. And the captain. And also want to let you know about Bitcoin.com. Boy, is Bitcoin on sale? It scraped as low as almost $40,000. I think it was earlier today or yesterday. Uh, Been very, very uh, tough couple days. But I I went and looked at like what it was. Like a year ago. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, it's still fine. <laughs> what was it? Let me see here. I got to pull up a, a chart. A year ago, it was... Uh, so it's up about 9% from a year ago, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's It's been a bit of a crazy year for Bitcoin. Going as high as $68,000 just a couple months ago, now to around $40,000. So, uh, you know, it's down, definitely down quite a bit from its high. Might be a good time to start thinking about getting into it if you haven't yet. And you can go to Bitcoin.com and click Get Started at the top of the page and learn the basics about Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, cryptocurrency in general. What is it that makes it special and why should you consider it? Uh, they answer those questions over at Bitcoin.com. If you are not brand new, however, and you want to get the latest news headlines from the world of crypto, they've got those every day up updated uh, over at news.bitcoin.com. It's a great news site. That's news.bitcoin.com. And we're talking about a huge economic boondoggle. And there's just so much wrong with this story that you're sharing from Reason.com about the St. Louis trolley problem that they've been having. A $37 million handout came from the federal government, but there were strings attached. Surprise, surprise. The federal government says, if you don't keep running the trolley... And I don't know if there's like some sort of minimum amount of years that they have to do it for, but in this case, it started in 2018, yep. so it's still pretty recent. And the federal government came to them after they shut it down because it was blowing through money like crazy. It wasn't even getting 10% of the revenue that they expected it to get after spending $37 million federal dollars, uh, taxpayer dollars on it. The federal government came to the city and said, oh, we heard that you shut down the trolley we paid for. Well, you're going to need to turn it back on or else... You have to pay back $37 million. And if you don't, or even if you do, we may choose not to give you any more federal money in the future. So now the city government goons are basically saying, all right, well, we're throwing a million dollars a year into this thing and it's going down a hole, but we don't want to lose the future federal money, so we better keep paying into this crazy trolley. Now think about this for just a second. $37 million. The sell to the business owners, the downtown community here, the sell that the government said was, 
oh, we're, we're going to have this cool trolley thing, and it'll help bring more customers, and it'll make our, our downtown a little more cool, and like people want to come and ride the trolley and then visit your establishments mm. along the route. That was the sell, right? $37 million later, mothballed. Well, they didn't get right. to decide. Like the no, but I'm just saying the merchants. It didn't really matter what the merchants thought about no, it. No, but I'm just saying that that was what they told sure. the, these merchants, and like it, it would help their businesses. It's going to increase your business, but then it hurt them money. during construction. It hurt them during construction, and then of course COVID kicked in, mm-hmm. right? And everybody oh lockdowns and all that kind of stuff, and, and it so didn't bring any extra people. The ridership went down. So now imagine what. A downtown, like that two-mile segment of all the businesses mm-hmm. there, imagine if they divided that $37 million evenly amongst all the businesses to help them boost their own businesses. Well, that would have been a different result. What huh? would that have done? Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I don't think that's a good plan either. But, I don't either. But here's but, the thing. like the reason why One of the reasons why this is so screwed up is because it's top-down, centralized control, right? Like it's centralized funding from the federal government. Yep. Uh, and they had to do this and that. If they don't do X, Y, and Z, then they have to pay it all back. And so there's crazy strings attached. It's not some sort of grassroots thing. Whereas if the city, like downtown chamber of commerce had themselves a meeting and they said after you know getting together with the relevant business owners in downtown st louis like all right well we've talked about it and we think a trolley would be a really good idea for downtown st louis and we voluntarily raised the money which i bet you if they did it themselves it would cost like 10 million instead of 37 million because you know government projects always go way more than you you know expect them to go and so there wouldn't be as much of a boondoggle in the spend. And then if it didn't work out, th- first, it would be their choice. So they would be choosing, you know, they couldn't get mad at themselves for you know cutting off whatever business during construction. They would have chosen yep. to do it. And if it didn't work out, they would be the ones that are out the money yep. and it would just be done. There wouldn't be some sort of hanging over this constant acts of the federal government being threatened, uh, future funding being threatened. I mean, it's just, it's a total boondoggle. And... Taxpayers are also being put in a no-win situation. Oh, yeah. Says Baruch Feigenbaum, Senior Managing Director of Transportation Policy with the Reason Foundation. I like the idea that you have to continue operating it if you get federal funding. Otherwise, what's to stop an entity from applying for federal funding and then shutting it down, says Feigenbaum. There have to be some consequences or the taxpayer is going to get screwed worse than they already are. Still, he says... You're going to get screwed one way or the other. (laughs) Well, in this case, both ways. Mm -hmm. Still, he says, the threat of losing federal funds for future transit projects incentivizes local and state governments to milk taxpayers in order to keep zombie transportation systems few people ride alive. Mm. And that's what this is. It's a zombie transportation system. Feigenbaum says, federal transit officials need to adopt more objective criteria around ridership and financial sustainability when doling out grants to localities to avoid... What they need to do is go away. Well, I agree. And stop stealing people's money. Leave the money in the town of San Francisco, San Diego, or sorry, St. Louis. St. Louis. That's what we're talking about here. Uh, I knew it was an S. St. Louis, leave their money alone. Let them make their own decisions because the St. Louis government's going to screw it up anyway. You don't need to make it worse by adding the federal government layer to it. That's what independence would help with. You'd have less insanity and ridiculous boondoggle situations like this. But wait, there's more. Sure. You asked uh, when we were at commercial, like, what program funded this? 
Uh, it's called the Urban Circulator Grant Program, hmm. uh, which provided the bulk of federal funding to St. Louis's streetcar vetted grant applications based on hard-to-quantify criteria like livability, environmental sustainability, economic development, and stakeholder collaboration. Okay. I have I no idea what, what means. any of those words yeah. mean in relation to it being a criteria for putting together a trolley car. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, it I don't sounds know. like a word salad to me. It is. The Circulator Program, however, also funded streetcar projects in Cincinnati, Ohio, hmm. uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, and Charlotte, North Carolina. How are those doing? Well, while not as disastrous as the Loop Trolley, they suffer from low ridership and are almost entirely dependent on taxpayer funding to cover operating expenses. So, same story. The same exact facts with you yes. know minor financial differences. Yes. Just in case people out there listening are like, well, it's an isolated incident. It no. only happened in the one city. And like it's, it's not here in my city. No, it happened in several cities. And it, the results were almost identical. Yep. Uh, but somebody got a job. There's a trolley oh, operator who's man. doing great. Well, not anymore because it's mothballs. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're going to bring it back. Yeah. It sounds to me like they're going to bring it back. Because they don't want to lose their, you know, federal government monies. It, it doesn't specify, but it makes me wonder, did they put together, like, some sort of bureaucratic team? Like, the trolley... The task you know, force. The task force, something mm-hmm. like that, you know? Oh, yeah. The overseeing, and, like, yeah. hire, like, 12 bureaucrats to do nothing? Probably. The number here is 603-283-6160. Whether you want to talk about the disaster of government transportation. Look, if there's a demand for it in the market, let the market pay for it on their own. We're coming up. Free Talk Live, the number to join us, 603-283-6160. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. That's 603-283-6160. And with you tonight, it is Ian. And the captain. We're talking about these government boondoggle transit programs like the trolley in St. Louis, which has been a huge money loser but it was federal government dollars that went into the thing, and now the federal government is telling uh, the uh, the gang in the federal government is telling the gang in St. Louis that they better keep it going, or they will not see federal dollars for transportation. <laughs> you said Nazi, maybe appropriately, <laughs> uh, they won't be seeing that in the future as far as any other federal monies for transportation. And of course, the uh, the city council there in St. Louis is. You know they're going to do whatever they're told to do, and they're going to obey the federal government because the federal government oh acts like it owns people, and these people act like they're owned, and it's a totally different situation when government people at a state level stand up to the federal government and say, you know what, you can keep the your millions of dollars. Yeah, we know you stole it from us to begin with, but you know what, go ahead. We don't want the money because we don't want to be controlled by you. And New Hampshire actually does that, not often enough, yeah. but it does do it. And that's the reason why we don't have an adult seatbelt law in the state of New Hampshire. Because True. whenever it comes up, and it does come up. Like, Same thing with the helmet law, too. I believe you're right about mm-hmm. that, yeah. And the uh, the status, the federal lovers, the empire lovers, that do want that money to be accepted, because the feds keep offering it. They're like, hey, sure you don't want this? 
It's a couple million dollars every year. We got it. It's right here. And uh, so some of them do want it. And they put up a bill every two years because you have to wait to every... You can't do it every year. You have to wait another year uh, for the same bill to get put up in New Hampshire. So every two years, almost every... Like clockwork, somebody throws up another... Okay, let's have an adult seatbelt law. Okay, let's get an, an adult helmet law. And it doesn't pass. So the the state government gang in New Hampshire has successfully rejected yeah. millions upon millions of dollars in federal bribe money. So it can be done and it should be done. Like if New Hampshire doesn't secede this year from the United States, which is possible, it's in the realm of the possible. It's more possible than any uh, United States exit has, you know, state. Yeah. Secession has We've got a been. bill in right now. It's a constitutional amendment. It's going to get a public hearing in less than two weeks. So that process is moving forward. But even if that doesn't happen, you're going to see more. You're going to hear more about nullification. You're going to hear more about people just saying no to the federal government. But it really needs to happen on a more individual level where people say no to the federal government. Amen. Like, no, I'm not going to pay you. I'm not going to give you money. I'm not going to obey your diktats. And one of those things that's coming real soon, of course, is going to be this uh, Supreme Court case that got heard, I think, yesterday in the uh, the U.S. Supreme Court with oh. the Biden mandate for the vaccine. With the, the, nine, the nine people dressed in robes. Yeah, those people. Uh, they heard the Biden mandate through OSHA where they are saying businesses with more than 100 employees have to have the vaccine mm. uh, mandate put in on their employees. And there were some people who challenged that. So that challenge is being heard in the Supreme Court right now. I'm not optimistic about it. I understand that there's some news media that says, oh, it's a conservative court. So the conservative court, they look like they might rule against yeah. it. I, you know, don't get your hopes up. The state rules for the state more often than it doesn't. The courts rule for the federal government more often than they don't. It would be great if they say, no, you can't do this. But that doesn't mean they won't figure out another way to do it, uh, that they don't have some backup plan in their back pocket for, okay, well, OSHA couldn't do it. Well, let's try it through the Congress or whatever, right? So, you know, this is not the end of the the road as far as the amount of control that they're going to try to uh, exert. And what needs to happen is people need to say no. And if you can't say no alone, then get to a place where you've got neighbors who will say no with you because it makes it a heck of a lot more possible. I recommend checking out the Free State Project. They've got a great uh, social media presence at Free State NH on Twitter. So check those folks out. I think no is one of the most powerful two-letter words in the English language. Absolutely. Probably right. The most powerful. No. No. If, I think, is Hmm. the most powerful two-letter word in the English language because it just, it makes you wonder, like, oh, what if? What if? Right. If this were different. If things weren't, you know, if this, if that. Like, it gives you. If people said no. If people said no. (laughs) Right. So only second to if, right? But, But no is really very powerful and if you're not used to saying no start saying no at a very small you know area of your life and just see how it goes get used to saying no to stuff yeah and and then when the big stuff comes around it's much easier for you to say no because now you're in the habit of it you know what it feels like you know how to handle it you you don't feel so intimidated by it you don't feel like it's oh I don't know I can tell these people no you can't they're just people. Tell them no. Let's go to the phones here. I think we got David on the line in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hey, how you doing? What's... I wanted to uh, 
demonstrate damage done, real damage done in real terms by our government and as usual judges. And I want and I'm doing it today because I want to I want to commemorate the birthday of my daughter Paisley by sharing this uh, little bit of information. Uh, as everybody knows, my, I said goodbye to my to both my children, David and Paisley, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, on July 2nd of 2007, not knowing I'd never see him again and I never saw him again. And I want to commemorate uh, her birthday, another missed birthday, and uh, and everything else uh, by sharing this little tidbit. Um, uh, one, I won a unanimous decision at the New Mexico Court of Appeals, Wexler, Bustamante, and Kennedy, Roderick Kennedy, writing a decision saying that M. Monica de Zamora had broken the law. What she did is she illegally adopted my children to somebody else. The Court of Appeals reversed that. That's not a little thing. Mm -hmm. Adopting someone's child to a non-related individual and then having that reversed, that's not a little thing. But I had it reversed, and here's where the salt was poured in the wound. What the, the, the Court of Appeals said in their decision that, M. Monica Zamora, you, one, misapplied the burden of proof. Mr. Olson uh, did not have to prove that, that he should have his own children. The other side had to prove that he should not have his children. But you applied that burden back, backwards. And, okay. and um, to make it even worse, they said that, uh, Judge M. Monica Zamora, even if you had correctly applied the burden of proof, which you did not, uh, the complaining party did not have the facts to prove their case. Yet you adopted his Mr. Olson's children away from him anyway, illegally. And we reversed that, remanded it back to Judge John J. Romero to correct. And John J. Romero never did a thing to correct it. Mm. Zero. Yeah, and you have no recourse in any of this. There's nothing that you personally can do to force them into any action, to bring any attention to the other than, you know, doing what you're doing, which is calling talk radio shows. Like there is no mechanism for you to go Well I'm sure he's filed a motion, but oh, I'm sure you know that was yeah. fourteen years ago but, or whatever. But that's it. Like it's he's stuck in the, the hell of bureaucracy with this. Yeah, yeah. And just to to add on to what Ian said is and that was actually, uh, and this will be come up in a future call, I'm going to add in some more judges that are players in this. It's all very interesting, nepotistic, and incestuous. Mm-hmm. But I actually had a previous appeal to the one I won. I lost the previous appeal, and in the previous appeal, one of the items I was appealing was Judge Angela Jewell when I filed, properly filed legal motions to uh, address these issues of no contact. That Judge Angela Jewell literally ignored the motions if, as if they had never been filed. Wow. I mean, the, the corruption is just so rife out there, and thank you for the call tonight, David, and he's just one of um, so many people who have been victimized yeah. by this system and, and like you said captain have no recourse because he could say all right i'm going to stop paying property taxes in protest and then they would send men with guns to his house and demand that he exit the house because they've taken it on paper in their tax sale yep. and they've sold it to somebody else and now that new owner is the uh, owner of the property according to the government if you don't leave then we will shoot you uh, and that's how they do it. That's how they roll. That's you can't, you gangland. Can't effectively stuff. fight the system because they own the system. Yep, that's right. And they don't care about you. 603 283 6160. It's Free Talk Live.
This is Free Talk Live. Phones open if you want to join us here in the remaining moments of this live Saturday show. You can do that at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And I want to let you know that we've got a chat server. It is called the Matrix Server. Doesn't have anything to do with the Matrix movies. It's just I don't know why they call it that. It's probably some technical, probably some kind of a technical thing. Uh, but it does have to do with it's an open source federated chat server, which, like we were explaining earlier with our Mastodon social media, the federation means that it's connected to all of the other Matrix servers out there yeah. that haven't purposely disconnected uh, themselves from us. And so that means that, uh, that you know, you can reach out to other servers and connect to other chat rooms and you can create your own room, by the way. Uh, so if, you know, the dozens of rooms that already exist on the server that have been mostly created by other listeners don't suit you, you can just make your own. You can make it private. You can make it public. You can, uh, you can also encrypt it or you can leave it uh, unencrypted. It's up to you. You get to decide those things. It's a pretty cool system, and it's free to use. Just head over to chat.freetalklive.com. There's some pretty wild troll conversations going on in there. You'll see some really interesting stuff. There was a crazy video that uh, I think somebody posted in the chat room. Maybe it wasn't the chat. Anyway, I saw the video from I don't know what country it was. There's no context whatsoever, but it was one of those like giant cliffs that you see people diving off of Mm -hmm. in like various different South American countries or wherever. And like an entire chunk of this humongous cliff just breaks off and falls into the water. They find some wild stuff on this chat server. So check it out over at chat.freetalklive.com. Unfortunately, someone was in a boat underneath that thing and they didn't make it. So it's pretty sad. Uh, but just a just a but the footage stuff. survived. It's crazy, yeah. Uh, so speaking of crazy, North Korea, in a quickie story that I've had here for a couple of weeks, North Korea now executing people, or at least it's coming out uh, that they're executing people. They've probably been doing this for a while because you know you don't exactly get news uh, that you can believe out of North Korea because it's all government propaganda. But every now and then, somebody will escape from North Korea, and they'll tell you what's going on. Uh, according to DNYUZ.com, report out of Seoul, South Korea, North Korea has now publicly executed at least seven people in the last decade for watching or distributing K-pop videos from South Korea. I mean... <sighs> K-pop is kind of a crime against humanity. <laughs> I figured that you would have an opinion about this one, Captain. As a musician, someone who's actually talented. I, would, I, I, I don't know about that. Um, You've I, been in bands. I have. They haven't kicked you out. No, they haven't. Um, You've played live shows a myriad of many, times. Yeah. Uh, I... You make your own music over at lordkickass.com. I do, actually. If you haven't gotten uh, your Christmas present from me, it's not too late. It's still up Ooh. there. It's called... The, uh, the covid carols it's a three song ep uh and it says pay what you want so uh, you can get it for zero it's fine merry christmas happy new year whatever happy you know whatever 2022 mm-hmm. uh or if you know you feel like uh, you get some value out of it pay what you want that's fine that's it's cool a, that's yeah, that's the, the new model of um, of music distribution yeah i i prefer that model myself but I, i've been meaning to put a blog post together about it. i just haven't done it yet so it's on my li- it's on my list of things to do that's fine you're not going to take it down no right? not no no okay no. Uh, i cool. think uh, my plan was at the end of january to maybe bump it up to like a dollar or more or okay. something like that for for the whole ep got so it like, yeah. 
Um, COVID carols. COVID carols over at lordkickass.com. Uh, what I wanted to say, I, I joke about how much I hate K-pop because I kind of do it. You kind of just hate pop music, I, I think, in general. I'm, yeah, pop music sort of disgusts me. Because, Why is that? As a musician, is it just too simple? Is it too mass it's, consumed? Uh, to me, it's, I want to use the word overproduced. Sure. Like right. auto-tune and producers writing all the songs. Yeah, and like, the artists don't write a single thing. Pop is generally the the genre of music where you get all the fakes, right? Uh, from Millie Vanilli. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Lip syncing. You know, lip syncing and all that to like, you know, uh, you've seen uh, pop stars go on stage at like, oh, I don't know, like football games, Super Bowl type stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, you could tell that they're not actually singing. Right. You know, there was, a, there was one time where there was a guy playing a guitar with nothing plugged into it. Now, generally, <laughs> like... Like you have a wireless that's plugged into it if you want to like move around on stage and that uh-huh. kind of a thing, or a really long cable coming out of your guitar. Right. But like you could zoom in on this guy playing guitar, and there's like on a stage, hole, <laughs> and there's just a hole where the guitar cable is supposed to go. He's not wearing a wireless pack, and there's not a wireless plugged into the guitar itself. You know, oh, and wow. he's making the guitar face, right? You know, and this totally is, faking it. Yeah, and uh, so that's too, that's too bad. Like, I don't know, man. I just I prefer musicians on we'll call them analog instruments uh-huh. right now everything's processed to some extent even yeah. in like rock and roll and heavy metal and that kind of a thing but you know pop is just it's sort of like to me it's like elevator music it's just there it's filler it really ha- yeah, yeah it's filler it doesn't really have a purpose it's you know whereas rock and roll heavy metal specifically to me was always like you know punk rock right the the rebels music right this is where the mm-hmm. people who were anti you know would 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 find themselves and so that's where i found myself and so within that group of people there's a lot of hate towards pop but does it bother you that K-pop is is pissing off one of the most uh, oppressive kingdoms, you know, the uh, the hermit kingdom, if you will, of North Korea, that it's now actually, you're essentially in the underground I mean, by listening to K-pop? In it's, reality, that probably gives it a little bit of more street cred, yeah. you know, from my perspective. It's like counter-programming. It yeah. I mean, it's not supposed to be that, right? Like K-pop or pop in general is mainstream. It's right. supposed to be this most mainstream uh, cotton candy kind of music and kind of throwaway, right? Like there's so many. If you had, if you don't know anything about K-pop, I'm not. By the way, I'm not like an expert on it, but I do. I have had my K-pop phase, and <laughs> uh, and 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 I am somebody who was raised on metal too, so I have the yeah. unique, you know, perspective of of being into both of them. Um, but it is just you know throwaway bubblegum uh, music, and the the bands are so ubiquitous. Like I'm sure that well, the K-pop fans are very differentiating as far as one band to the next or whatever. But they're all so very similar. They're all these very young, pretty people who get chosen from competitions, and then they get put into a, a group, and then it's like a to- like you're saying, totally produced. They yeah. don't write their own stuff. That's that's my main problem, I guess, with like pop music is like they don't write their own stuff. They're they're, they're, right. they're branding mechanisms. They're you know they're there to sell T-shirts and tickets, right? Yeah. But but they don't write their own stuff. And to me, like there I may just, be some exceptions to that. Probably uh, are. But generally, these are completely produced groups. The girls or the guys or whatever they're usually all girls or all guys. 
they don't know each other usually before they go into these groups. They just like they're contested to get in. They're chosen. And then they go, you know, put them together. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Somebody drops out. They put another one in, you know. And so it's very kind of overseen and like you're saying produced i have the same hatred for like uh these tv shows like american idolater uh-huh, okay. or american idol yeah. you know that type of thing the 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 face They're or pop whatever searches, that right of, that's all they are but here you are the reality is you watch k-pop in, in north korea you are an underground uh smuggler basically and so what is normally just this totally like programming for the state, for you know the Illuminati or whatever you want to look at it, uh, is actually counter in uh, counter programming in North Korea. Transition Justice Working Group is the human rights uh, organization that has come out about this. Kim Jong uh, Un, they say, has called K-pop a quote vicious cancer, unquote. <laughs> And uh, they, I wonder what he listens to, like whatever he wants. Well, okay, but probably not what he thinks that or the, what they want you to think that he listens to. Transitional Justice Working Group, based in Seoul, interviewed 683 North Korean defectors since 2015 to help map the places in the North where people have been killed and buried in state-sanctioned public executions. In the latest report, the group said it had documented nearly two dozen of those executions under Mr. Kim's government. Oh, my God. Uh, he's attacked the South Korean entertainment, songs, movies, TV dramas, which he says corrupts North Koreans' minds. And this isn't new, by the way. That Kim Jong-un is just carrying on the legacy of his grandfather and his father before him. There has always been a prohibition on any content coming in from uh, from the South. So that's this is just the latest version. It's easier to smuggle it now, so more people are getting put to death. It reminds me of the old Soviet Union before the Cold War ended when yeah. you know folks would use uh, X-ray uh, sheets uh, to reproduce, you know, like the Beatles and you know, popular music of the time and smuggle it into Russia. That's exactly what this reminds me of. Yeah, and thing is, the technology hasn't changed that much in North Korea since those days of uh, of the Beatles. They've got some really. It's like, from what I understand, of people visited there, it's like stepping into the 1950s wow. as far as the tech is concerned. Um, but the other thing is, I guess there is something recent that happened about this. They did adopt some law last December that those who distribute South Korean entertainment can face the death penalty. So it used to be that you just went to a death camp where they would work you to death. Uh, now they can just straight up execute you for for K-pop. Sad stuff. Very. We will talk to you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. Join liberty-minded volunteerists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 27th through July 3rd for the 6th Annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out for the first time in 2021. ForkFest takes place the week after ForkFest, but ForkFest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. There's no better place to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, ForkFest.Party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. You can find links to those at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there. ForkFest.Party.